welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Friday, April 19th, 2019, on the basis of Galatians 3, verses 10 through 13. So before you hopped in the car this evening to make your way here to church, did you stop even for just a second to consider how strange it really was, this thing that you were about to do? I mean, think about it. Here we are on a Friday evening, not the day we normally go to church, but we're gathered here in church to not only remember, but even celebrate someone's death. I suppose it's not unusual for religious people to come to a church because someone has died, right? We call that a funeral. But this is different from a funeral. See, normally at a funeral, people gather together, and and maybe on the one hand, they spend their time celebrating what happened before the person's death. They celebrate the person's life. Or maybe on the other hand, and especially for Christians, they spend their time celebrating what happens after the person's death. They celebrate their victory. They celebrate that they are in heaven with Jesus. But the one thing that they aren't there to celebrate, the one thing that makes them sad, the one thing that they wish weren't true, is the death itself, the fact that the person has in fact died. That's not this. We are gathered here on a Friday here in church to remember and even celebrate someone's death. And not only that, but we're, we're sort of going to draw it out. We're going to pay very close attention to the details that the Bible tells us. And, and maybe to top it all off, we're actually going to call this whole thing good. Kind of seems strange, doesn't it? Seems upside down, maybe even seems the exact opposite of the way you would normally act when someone has died. But, you know, come to think of it, it isn't just Good Friday that seems a little bit strange. It's really a lot of things that have to do with our Christian faith. And that's not at all surprising because if Good Friday is really at the very center of what the Christian faith is all about, then whatever is true of Good Friday should be true of everything else. And sure enough, so often what our God says to us is the exact opposite of what we see. So often what our God promises us is the exact opposite of what seems possible. So often what God calls something is the exact opposite of what we would be inclined to call it. So many things that are upside down, different, strange, backwards, the exact opposite of what we would expect them to be. So many apparent contradictions in our Christian faith. And so how do we know that they're all true? How do we know that God's words are more reliable even than our senses and our minds and our experiences? How do we know that God's promises are even reliable when things seem impossible? How do we know that Jesus' death is worth, in fact, celebrating and that the day on which we do it ought to be called good? Well, these words that are in front of us from Galatians chapter 3 this evening tell us. In these words that the Apostle Paul wrote, Paul is going to tell us how all of these apparent contradictions of the Christian faith are, in fact, resolved. And what we are going to see is that Jesus' cross is, in fact, the place where all contradictions go to die. Contradiction that Paul is talking about in these verses is one that I haven't even mentioned yet. And believe it or not, it's actually a contradiction that God himself set up. In fact, going all the way back to the beginning, God said that there were two ways that a person could live. And not just live as in stay alive and continue to exist, but live in the sense of be with God. Be approved by God. End up in heaven with God. There are two ways to do that. Paul calls the one, one of them the law. He calls the other one faith. 
And Paul says, if you are going to live by the law, here's how that works. You have to look at everything that God tells you to do in his word. And you, first of all, have to actually do it. You can't just think about doing it. You can't just talk about doing it. You can't just be in favor of people doing it. You can't just post on social media encouraging people to do it. You can't just vote for the laws that will force everybody to do it. No, you actually have to do it. And then Paul says you have to do all of it. Not just the easy ones, not just the ones that you enjoy, but every last little command that God gives. And then finally Paul says that you have to do them continuously. Not just when you're out in public, not just when people are watching, not just when other people are around, but 24-7, and whether you are 1 or 21 or 81, you have to do everything that God says all of the time. And if you don't, Paul says, you fall short. And as a result, you will be punished. You will be under a curse. You will die. Unless you do absolutely everything, you will be cursed. That's what the law says. The other option, then, is faith. And here's how faith works. Faith works like this, that you look at everything that God tells you to do in his word, and you do absolutely none of it. At least not to live, not to be with God, not to be justified by God, not to end up in heaven with God. Faith means doing absolutely nothing. It means trusting God to do absolutely everything. Faith means approaching God with hands that are completely empty and trusting that God is going to fill them with everything that you need. You see the contradiction here, right? Imagine a teacher who hands out a test to her students and says, in order to pass this test, you need to get every single problem right. With this test, there are no A's and B's and C's and D's. 70% is not still going to be a passing grade. You need to get every single one right in order to pass. Or, you know, you could just hand it in blank. You could answer absolutely no questions, complete no problems, put in no answers, and just hand it in exactly like that. Either way, it's up to you. The law says, unless you do absolutely everything, you will die, you will be cursed. But faith says, if you do absolutely nothing, you will be blessed and you will live. It's good for us to remember these polar opposites, this very clear contradiction on this Good Friday, because so often what we want to do is we want to take these two things and we want to mix them together. We look at them and we assume that they are sort of like two ingredients that if we combine them together, they'll make for a real tasty drink. And so we start by softening God's law, by lowering his expectations. I know that I don't always do the right thing, but I'm in favor of the right thing. I'm supportive of the right thing. I encourage other people to do the right thing. Maybe we do that by virtue of our church membership. Maybe we do that by virtue of the political stances that we take. And I know I don't do all of God's commands, but I do some of them. I mean, I'm not in trouble with the law. I treat other people well. I'm a good neighbor. I'm an honest worker. So what if I gossip all the time? So what if I spend more on my cable each month than I've ever given to a charity or to a church? And so what if I don't do that all of the time? I usually do the right thing when it affects other people, when other people are involved, when I'm, I'm treating other people a certain way. And so what if then when it's just me behind closed doors, I, I do something else that doesn't affect anybody else? We soften God's law. We lower God's standards. And, and then we say to ourselves, well, I, I know that's not what God expects. I know that that's not perfect, but then that's where faith can come in, right? I know that God is loving and merciful and forgiving, and that's where Jesus comes into play. And so as long as I do my best, 
then God will do the rest. Friends, mixing these two things together, the law and faith, does not make for a tasty drink. It makes for a poisonous cocktail that will surely kill our souls. And not only that, but it makes Jesus' death on the cross completely unnecessary. If God's standards could somehow be lowered, if God's expectations could be softened, then Jesus' death on the cross is entirely unnecessary. The only thing worse than when someone dies is when someone dies senselessly and needlessly, when it could have been stopped, when it could have been prevented. And if God's law could be softened, then that would be true of Jesus' death. And it certainly wouldn't be something worth celebrating. It certainly wouldn't be worth something that we call good. These two cannot be resolved. They are directly opposite one another. The law says, unless you do absolutely everything, you will die. Faith says, if you do absolutely nothing, you will live. Okay, so how do those polar opposites, those mutually exclusive propositions, how in the world can they be resolved? Well, it shouldn't surprise us that if God is the one who creates that contradiction, then God himself must resolve it. And sure enough, Paul says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For as it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. Friends, the reason why God can say, do nothing and you will live, live by faith, is because the very curse that we deserve because of our sin, that curse was taken off of us and placed on Jesus. And that's the very thing that he was doing on Good Friday. As we think about Jesus' death on the cross, and I think especially on a day like this, I think we have a tendency to focus on some of the gory details and some of the specific things that tell us about the physical agony that Jesus was going through on the cross. And certainly those are important, otherwise the Bible wouldn't have told us about them. But what Paul tells us in these verses is arguably more important. The specific reason why Jesus needed to die on a cross See, if you just needed to bring someone's life to an end, there were plenty of ways to do that. And if you just wanted to inflict a lot of punishment, there were other ways to do that. But a cross, specifically, sent a very public and very clear message for all to see that the person who was hanging there was guilty, was a criminal, was cursed. That their name, their legacy, their reputation deserved to be remembered with the utmost Contempt, And that's why Paul tells us that Jesus had to die on a cross because God wanted to make it so obvious that no one would miss the message of what was really going on. That when Jesus died, it wasn't some accident. It wasn't some mistake. He wasn't dying needlessly or senselessly. He was dying because he had been placed under a curse. That he had been charged. And he had been found guilty, and he was being punished for the sins of the whole world, including yours and mine. And that's how that, that seemingly impossible contradiction is resolved. How on the one hand, God can say, unless you do absolutely everything, you will be cursed. God does not in any way lower his expectations. But on the other hand, he can say, if you do absolutely nothing, you will live. It's because that curse has been taken off of us and it has been placed on and paid for by 
Jesus. The reason we can hand in our test with absolutely nothing filled in, no questions answered, is because there's already a test that's been completely filled out, and it's been filled out perfectly, and it is just sitting there waiting, that perfect score, for us to put our names on the top, to get credit and to claim what Jesus has done. That's how that contradiction is resolved. Christ became a curse for us. Because Jesus died on the cross, that apparent contradiction between law and faith, that contradiction died there on the cross too. In fact, that's where every contradiction of the Christian faith went to die. As I mentioned before, there are so many things that seem to be the exact opposite, that seem to be upside down, that seem to be so strange and so backwards from how we'd expect them to work. Things that God tells us, that something deep down inside of us, we want to respond by saying, that just can't be. That can't possibly be true. On the cross, all of those contradictions worked out. Like, why in the world we would possibly remember and even celebrate someone's death? Like why we would call the day on which we do it good. Like why we would take the very instrument that was used to put him to death, a symbol that would have caused terror and horror to strike the, the minds and hearts of people in Jesus' day, why we consider that to be something beautiful that we want to hang up and look at all the time. Or how about some of these contradictions? That even though you are guilty, God sees you as innocent. That even though you deserve his punishment, you will go free. That even though you are sinful, he sees you as holy. That even though we so often position ourselves as his enemies and butt up against his will and want to do things our own way, he puts his arm around us and embraces us as his children. That even when the things that seem to be happening in our lives are only bad, God is up to good. That even when God seems farthest away, God is closest at hand. That the things that the world around us would call cursed, things like humility, sacrifice, service, and self-denial, God can call blessed. And that the things that God would call cursed, ambition, aggression, self-fulfillment, that's what the world calls blessed. All of those contradictions, all of those contradictions died there on the cross. How do we know? Well, that's the other thing that's a little bit unique about the Christian remembrance of Good Friday. You see, usually when religious people gather in a church because someone has died, to state the obvious, the person is still dead. As we gather here to remember and even celebrate Jesus' death, we do so knowing, in fact, only because of the fact that he is alive. Jesus' resurrection proves that all of those contradictions that Jesus went to the cross to kill, they are in fact dead. When Jesus came out of the tomb alive, the contradiction stayed dead and buried. And so no matter what our God might say to us, no matter how impossible it seems, no matter how too good to be true it seems, no matter how much it we, might cause us to want to say, that just can't be right, Jesus' death and resurrection means that it is. It all is. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.